What's up, everybody? Welcome into your game day preview. You know what we always do here. It's all eyes on Cleveland. OBR collaboration. All of us together. OBR film breakdown. Brad Ward's here with me. Brad, what's up, buddy? How are we? Doing well. Uh, enjoyable day of college uh, football here. And uh, for those of you that are Ohio State fans, just to ride that high right into Sunday morning in <laughs> the Browns game, baby. Let's go. What a what a wild finish, man! To go, um, you know, as 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 far struggling as they were to to put together a drive, just a big the comic cord, not quite good enough yet, but some big plays at the end when it mattered. So shout out to Gutsy. him. That was a gutsy drive. Yeah, it was a fun game. Which uh, for a seven, it was about as fun as a seventeen fourteen game can be, right? So yes. um, yeah, good stuff overall. Maybe Ryan Day has calmed down a little bit. We'll we'll figure that out in the in the next few days. Got a little spicy. Um, yeah, he's fired yeah, up. He's fired up. Well, listen, let's talk Browns Titans. It's a big game. Um, you know, all these games we'll talk about them. They feel big, right? And until you lose too many to let them not matter, they matter. So this is a big one. Both teams come in one and one, and it's uh, a spring of two straight home games for the Browns uh, as they get ready uh, to go into the bye week. It'll be not far away. They need to win at least one of these games, and I think most of us look at this game and think it's pretty winnable, Brad. So let's talk through the good, bad, and ugly of the Titans roster situation and then like how the Browns can take advantage of this thing. But we're going to start off with our usual situational stuff, which is uh, leading off with coverage. Uh, this should be a, this should be a fun crew. I always like, you know, I like getting back on the one o'clock kick schedule. I, I always enjoy that. So we have, there's a good crew here, right? Yeah, this this crew has done uh, quite a few Browns games over the years. Uh, CBS, Spiro Didi, Adam Archuleta, Aditi Kinkawala on the sidelines. I feel like they are on Browns games a lot over the past few years, Jake. No? I actually think you're I think you're right. I feel like we've we've hit them in several different setups to like preseason i know like if you get a national preseason i feel like dd's always around right so i, I definitely think around, you're yeah. onto that yeah yeah uh but but dd's and archuleta i feel like they've done a number of bronze games over the years i don't know what crew this is for them but yeah that that's who you get tomorrow uh they're they're, they're good they're okay i don't have a problem with them do you no they're good they've always been i think pretty fair around brains uh, browns game so I, i'm good with them all right you want to do all-time history here? Let's do it, man. This is a, a – we can dig into the more long-term, like you said, but they've had some fun games over the years for both sides of this, I think. I'm going to give you some off the top of my head that come to mind. You ready? So I will say the 2014 game, but it might have been 15. Was it 14 or 15 where the Browns came back? I think it was 14. They came back from a pretty large deficit uh, to win that football game against Tennessee there. The other ones that come to mind – 19 they played yeah. in the opener of the odell era <laughs> and yeah. they got the brakes beat off of them tennessee is really enjoying that one uh, i remember that pretty vividly because that was a real gut punch to everybody who had the expectations and then the 2020 year was the browns scored a bunch of points in the first half they they sprung out and like dpj had a big long touchdown catch his rookie year there they scored yeah. Higgins had one. He did a little, a little Hollywood stratifier call. And then I think they threw like a play action one on the goal line to Kendall Lamb in that game. It was it was pretty wild. And then and then Tennessee came back and made it tight. I think it was like 41 34 or something like that. So those are 41 35, games that, week 13. Okay. Yeah. Got it. 
All right. Well, I would imagine this carries the Houston history too. And there's a lot of divisional history there, right? (laughs) I was just going to mention that. I was like, this has to include the Oilers history. And it it does, because I know that they've got the, uh, they've got this all screwed up with uh, Houston and Tennessee and who has Mm -hmm. the right history and the colors and all that stuff. Right. So anyways, uh, they are, all-time series uh the browns lead the all-time series 36 to 31 the titans have won three out of the last four that includes that 2009 opener 19 opener uh which is you know sticks in my mind the most but as the one you mentioned was the last time they met 41 35 week 13 2020 so good good recall on all that stuff there uh but yeah all-time series 36 31 does include the oilers history there so uh, um, they're stealing the Oilers uniforms, I think, in various games this year as well. Yes. If I yes, recall. Uh, yeah. So uh, I don't think uh, Houston, I've heard some Houston not very happy about that. So uh, yeah. th- weird situation there, but weird yeah, situation. So, yeah. Um, all right. Quickly, we're always hesitant here. We give a massive precursor. We don't control what happens in the clouds, but we like I to am tell not you a what, weatherman. What the weather says. <laughs> Go ahead. Give it to <laughs> That's us. That's my disclaimer. I am not a weatherman. <laughs> uh, 1 p.m. Uh, kick feels like 69, 67 degrees humidity. Uh, it should be, a. I mean, from everything everywhere I read, it's going to be a beautiful day, right? Uh, 73% cloud cover, 2% chance of rain, uh, zero inches is what they've got out there. Knock on something that that comes true. Uh, wind uh northeast it's gonna be a little windy uh 13 miles per hour with gusts up to 20 so okay it could be it's always windy it's always windy little, in the yard gusty. Yeah. yeah but uh, uh other than that should be a beautiful day for football love to hear it okay fantastic let's switch over and talk um let's switch over and talk about some betting lines for this one right because uh, i feel like we've been doing okay with these lately we've been we've been doing very good actually so okay. uh for the most part we did miss watson last week although it did feel like he ran for the yard she did not get there i checked <laughs> he it. ran laterally he ran laterally enough, about 170 right? yards yes so um the line on this is browns are, are three and a half point and we meant to mention this last week but three and a half point favorites here and and we had talked about this off the air but uh from some people that do gambling at like for their job as a podcast right or candy cap games and stuff have noted that in the nfl that standard three-point home vegas uh that's kind of given over the years that people are like oh you know you get three points for being at home has kind of shifted to about one and a half points uh by their estimation or by the people that are sharp on this stuff's estimations, meaning home field means a little bit less these days, Jake. So, yeah, I would, I would agree with that. And, uh, except for some of those, there's specific spots. We would agree Pittsburgh yes. at home in the, in the evening hours is a bit tougher than normal. Right. Yeah. So, um, uh, there are some specific alternates there, but yeah, for the most part, it is uh, very true. What you're saying there, it is, it is shifting away from that a little bit. Yes. So they're th- they're three and a half point. Uh, they're laying the three and a half, and uh, it's an over under of thirty nine. I've seen thirty nine and a half somewhere, but another low uh, total there. Fifty five percent of the bets come in on the Titans. Uh, you know the sharps like Vrabel as a dog. I mean that's just where betters go generally, Jake. So um, 
and uh, he is a dog here again. So, and they consider him a, a, a live dog. So, a chance to win this game, and so that's kind of where bets go. Uh, I've noticed that. Um, I've got some. We, here's what we've been going with, Jake. Right. So we've been mm -hmm. going with the the layup that we kind of take every year, and I think it's it's there for the taking again tomorrow with Jerome Ford over 11 and a half receiving yards. Give me that all day, right? Yeah, I'd feel good about that. Um, it's, it's again, just one screen, one quick dump off. We catch yeah. him in a blitz scenario. Yeah, I have, I have no problem taking that one um, as an, as an early play. I mean, pretty much every week on these running backs until proven otherwise, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's been hitting every, every week. So uh, Watson over under rush yards is still, down at 26 and a half i i think i i have no qualms about taking that i feel pretty good about that yeah i think you got to keep playing it too man it's just if it gets into the mid 30s i feel like you can move off of it but for now yeah. it feels it feels pretty right to me i agree uh especially after the last game I, here's the ones i've added in here and then i'm going to tie this all together here uh jake if you don't mind but cooper at 57 and a half yards i really like the over there uh tomorrow against this uh 28th ranked pass defense especially after kind of looks like that's deshaun's default a little bit right now um so i really like him for the over 57 and a half yards uh, and then I'm going to really switch it up on you here and go to the defensive side of the ball where Grant Delpit's tackles number is three and a half. And he has been over that solo tackle. Where can you get that play at? That's a uh, fascinating that, take. That's a DraftKings play. Uh, so now that's strictly solo tackles, but he's at three and a half solo tackles for tomorrow's game. Uh, and he is over that at four and seven in week one and two. So he's two for two on hitting that. So, yeah, I think, I think you, you got to take that, especially with Tennessee trying yep. to run it as much and the Browns creeping that safety down into the box the way they do. So, yeah, I'm very into that one. So here's what I've done. Uh, you can play all of these as as one play, but you know, for our little game day podcast, it's a nice little parlay to put together here. If you do it on DraftKings, they got a fifty percent boost if you're in Ohio on this thing, so you can really make your ten dollars or whatever pay out. But uh, for plus sixteen hundred, you can go Jerome Ford over an eleven and a half receiving yards, Watson over twenty seven twenty six and a half rush yards. Cooper over 57 and a half receiving yards. I take the alt spread, right? Instead of three and a half, take it down to two and a half. And I feel better about it for the Browns there. You take the alt spread down over that key number of three to two and a half. And you only lose like from minus 129 to minus 141. Uh, and then that Grant Delpit over three and a half tackles altogether plus 1600 same game parlay. Yeah, I'm into that. I'm into that. I think those are really strong. Um, you know, what have you what have you noticed on some of the targets? I think the target stuff is where it gets kind of spicy to me. Yeah. Um, you know, just sheer opportunity. But I, I, I definitely like the angle you're taking there with those with those plays. I, have you looked at the flip side on what maybe a long shot for the Titans would be? That'd be kind of an interesting one. Is uh considering a, it from that angle too on a first touchdown on a first touchdown i always like chig on a first touchdown that's he a good one like, 
like a guy that I uh, uh, always like to go to just because I, he always seems to be uh, not so much this year, but in the pet, like last year uh, here's uh, while I'm bringing those up. Uh, I've got DPJ 20 to one first time touchdown. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one I really like is Marquise Goodwin 40 to one first time touchdown. I think that one is really nice there. And then uh, I like this one a lot, and it hit for the Steelers last week, but I noticed some people have been playing them more. But defense special teams, Browns, 30-1 to one first-time touchdown. What do you think about a Special teams, 30-1 to one defense special teams. That'd be interesting, right? Because t- t- yeah. I think Tannehill's already thrown four or five interceptions, right? Yeah, he'll throw it to you, right? And uh, Browns come out at home loud, get a fumble, strip sack, something like that. It's a quick cash right there if it happens, right? So uh, I think that one's interesting. So if you're looking at uh, first-time touchdown, uh, you know, Hopkins is 11-1. to Tajay Spears is 11-1. to Burks is 15-1. to Shake, I guess, is not as good as i thought it is just plus 1700 at 17 to 1 um the one that i kind of like here is uh westbrook akine is that how you say his name uh, yeah i think akine is right but i i probably botched that earlier this week on some pods myself so uh, uh, he's he's 22 to 1 that's not bad no not at all but there's not nothing like there's nothing really um I don't know their the depth of their tight end room really well off the top of my head. I know they have like Josh Wiley, the young young tight end. They have another blocking type, so I, I think Chig is probably the wow. the most logical play there. It's not a very deep tight end room compared to some of the ones they've had before. So, if you really you know. want to get spicy, your boy Wiley is one hundred to one first. Yeah, time yeah. I don't I don't quite see that one coming to fruition, but it would uh, <laughs> if you want to throw like two bucks on it, maybe. Yeah, right? go for it. <laughs> Go for it. All right. Well, listen, let's take a break. Uh, We're going to take a break and then come back from that break and do our usual three keys and get out the door and have you ready for your football game. So we'll be right back. All right. So three keys, Brad, I always like to let you hit lead off and uh, hopefully we see them execute on these this week after last week, everything we talked about, it felt like they failed. So that's why they call them keys for a reason. So let's dig in. Yeah. I mean, everything is critical at this point. So uh, there's a lot to pick from here. Listen, I, this is blatantly obvious, but I'll, I'll make it make sense here, right? You have to be more efficient in the past game, and you guys are like, well, obviously, Brad, right? Like, it's been <laughs> terrible. But uh, I think that their run defense is good enough to slow you down or potentially stop you. And, like, I once again, I think the game plan from their side will be to make Watson beat you. So I just feel like knowing that going in the scripted plays, whatever they get going early, let's, let's get some easy completions going and get Watson's confidence and try to lead him to a better, a better, more efficient game than last week. Um, The crazy stat that goes along with this um, and I'll throw this out here, including last week. um, And I, and I stole this from Zagura, so it's okay. I uh, just thought I should say that, yep. uh, in- including last week and uh, over the last 17 games. Um, the Titans have 
posted the best run defense in NFL history over a 17-game stretch, giving up just 2.9 yards per carry, 64.6 yards per game um, over that stretch of 17 games ever. Best 17-game stretch ever by any defense uh, against the run, which is pretty remarkable. And and they haven't had a very good record in that stretch too, which is also interesting. But uh, interesting stat there. I think that's an extremely interesting stat, which which carries some merit to me for something I'm going to talk about later. But um, you know, in this one, there is no choice. If you're inefficient in the passing game, you are, unless the Browns put together a stellar game plan, going to have, you know, one of the more difficult situations on their hands with running the football. These guys are just super physical between Tart and Simmons and. A lot of these guys I talked to early in the week with Justin Mello about, they get after you in the run game and they replace some linebackers. They feel like they're in a good spot. Um, and it was even with Nick going to be a challenge, but you can understand why the challenge is more severe. And that's the, the, the first key I have, you know, playing off your efficient passes. You know, can they find any run support? Because yeah. it's a bad time for your offense to be in a bit of a rut, um, figuring out who you are, how you play, right? So, like, to me, it is a time of which can they can like we said, can they muster? It wasn't all too efficient last week. Once Nick left, it was the huge run, but mm-hmm. that was more of a fluke reverse field scenario than a true design situation. So, um, you know, this is a world where it feels like they could run for 40 yards on, you know, 15, 16 carries and it's frustrating, but if they can get something established in terms of finding a way to run for 75 or more yards. I think it gives them a real chance to, to win this one. Now, if they're efficient in the passing game, it won't matter. You're just trying to run to burn clock at that point. But uh, I do think it's at least interesting to consider that angle. You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like 60 yards feels like a key mark for them, right? Like 60, like I don't expect them to rush for a hundred yards against this team, but if they can get to 60 or like you said, 75, that would feel really uh, promising, I think. Yeah. Keeping them that. off balance. Right. I think yep. I'd take that right now. So, yeah, no, I would too. I think that's a good, that's a good angle. Um, second key for me is going to be stop the run. Obviously they, they want to, uh, lean on, uh, King Henry. Um, and that leads to much of what they do in the past game with the play action and all that. Uh, and, Tannehill was good last week, right? Um, he was bad week one. He was pretty good last week. He was really good in overtime to mm-hmm. beat the Chargers. So, uh, you know, you you want to stop the run, so they're going to have to gang tackle, right, because he's impossible to bring down. And, uh, you know, in, my, in talking to a couple guys that, like you did, um, and doing behind enemy lines that cover the Titans – Tajay Spears is is a guy they want to use more. Uh, it's been good so far. Yeah, so been good. Um, that change of pace with Henry is is dangerous, right? And uh, so uh, you've got to contain this run game and make Tannehill be the guy that has to beat you in the air. There's no doubt. There's no doubt they have to stop the run to make them sort of deal with the same things that the Browns are going to deal with. I think that's going to be really imperative, like you noted there, Brad. Um, if you can make Ryan Tannehill a single facet part of this whole thing, I think you have a real chance to 
to put yourself, let's just say that, put it in, put yourself in a good position to win, right? Because I think if you get to two struggling quarterbacks, which is not fun to think about, but if you get there, I still feel like Watson can do enough against yeah. a, a secondary. The Browns have the better secondary. Now, Greg Newsom's out. We'll see what wrinkle that throws into it, but at least the better secondary to handle their own there. Um, mine is going to be O-line, D-line, right? So the, the battle of this one, the Tennessee offensive line is not good. They have performed average adequate through the first two but they're not good and the browns defensive line has to punish in this game so they really have to take advantage of that i think huge situ spot upgrade that they have like it's just a, it's an advantage they have to win and they have to win there often and on top of that on the other side we all know how good tennessee is up front but the browns do have a pretty good offensive line. So can they step up to the plate after last week's disappointment and make themselves assert themselves in both phases, give their quarterback more time and find a way to get some run game success that matters, right? Because, um, you know, I'm not asking them to go out and run for 150 yards, but they have to find ways to create for these, you know, less talented running backs than Nick, where Nick saved you at times doing some some real hero stuff in between the tackles you couldn't always see. You know, you want to see if you can find a way um, to figure this out and, 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 and create opportunities where they, they don't have to be heroic, put it that way. So um, I would also ultimately be fine with, you know, them being better in pass pro this week than last week, but, but you just would really like, they're being paid so handsomely, the group, find a way to get it done, find a way to yep. get it done and be better than you were last week. So um, that's, that's, uh, that's it on that. Uh, the O-line D line for me. What's your last one, Brad? Last one is play complimentary football. And this kind of goes to Stefanski and Watson as a combination. Like, listen, be sound in, in decision-making as a head coach, like, like last week, you know, I won't hash it out again, but you could have got out of there with an ugly win with some better decision-making in your own end. Right. And mm -hmm. having a feel for the game when you have a good defense, as good of a defense, as at least it looks like the Browns are going to have is something that he may be getting used to a little bit because he hasn't had a dominant defense like this in the past. So I think when you have that as maybe one of your major advantages, special teams, you know, field position, all of the things that go into complementary football become bigger factors in winning close games against teams like this that are going to try to make it a rock fight. Right. And, and I think that, he needs to have a better feel for games like this, right? Um, mm -hmm. Not getting cute in your own end, understanding that it's okay to punt sometimes uh, and, and get out of, you know what I mean? So I um, complimentary football is where I'm at with this, you know, unfielded punts gave up what X amount of yardage. I, I don't know it off the top of my head. That, that stuff is just inexcusable. And all of that goes into, a collective loss there last week. So that all has to be cleaned up this week. I'm with you. And on top of cleaning up some of that stuff, we mentioned explosives last week, Brad, as a means of, of winning the game. Could you find a couple in a game that wasn't supposed to have very many? Well, they gave up the three explosives. They gave up the 71 yard touchdown catch and run to George Pickens. They gave up two, um, you know, unfettered touchdown runs off of interceptions and fumble returns that resulted in. So that's 21 points 
off of three plays, right? One yep. strike plays. And those are three explosives. Those are created explosives on the defensive side. And uh, obviously the touchdown catch was, was pretty, you know, pretty crippling at the moment where they had done pretty much nothing offensively up to that point. So, you know, in, in, in these games, which we think will be a rock fight, it is imperative to find some bigger plays and be on the right side of those big plays. Now the Browns had one last week, the Jerome Ford run was certainly an explosive. You need to find two or three in this game to win. In my opinion, your defense can create some, and I think your offense needs to hunt some. We'll see if they get good one involved and see if they can scheme up Cooper in ways that his route running can take advantage of, but they need to find a, a couple 40 yard plays somewhere, right? One strike type of situation. So I will say the team who finds a way to hunt a few explosives, just like last week, will win this game. I think you're right on, right? Like if, if they are struggling, you can make up for that uh, with a couple of big plays. So hopefully they got them in the bag and they can execute them tomorrow. Okay. All right. Well, I like it. Anything to add to this, Brad, before we wrap up? Uh, not really, just, uh, you know, we talked a little bit about familiarity here. There's a lot of it, right, across the board, and that's something just to kind of be aware of. Stefanski, uh, not Stefanski, pardon me, Mike Vrabel uh, and Watson have faced each other six times when they were in the same division, and the year before that, Vrabel was actually on the Houston staff. Uh, and then you've got some familiarity on the defense side of the ball where Shane Bowen and Jim Schwartz have worked, worked closely the last few years as uh, Schwartz was uh, on Bowen's staff and, and kind of, you know, took some things from Bowen to kind of make this newer iteration that we're seeing of the Browns defense. So interesting stuff. Yeah. The, the connection between those guys is kind of interesting. It's, it's actually more than interesting because how much do they know? How much do they feel like they know about what Schwartz is going to do? How much does Schwartz uh, and I in the building there know about what Tennessee is trying to do all that stuff. And obviously also the huge connection between, um, the Titans offensive coordinator and what his former connections were with Deshaun Watson. Nobody knew him better during his better years than his OC quarterback coach who's calling plays for Tennessee right now. So there's just a lot of, like you mentioned with the Vrabel connection to being in Houston at one point, like it's all intertwined. I think these teams are going to know each other really well. So it's who can zig to zag, right? You got to be able to figure out a way to beat some of the tendencies because teams are going to sit on some of the things you are uncomfortable doing and make you do them as often as possible. So um, yeah, let's say that. Listen, overall, a lot of fun here. I think it's going to be a, f- let me say that. I hope it's going to be a fun game. You know, hopefully <laughs> we can get some, uh, some, some positive mojo from what Ohio state was able to pull off and, and, and see if the Browns can make it a complete football weekend for those of you who are supporters of both squads. So Brad, appreciate you taking the time, buddy. Of course you're the best Jake and, uh, looking forward to uh football Sunday. Enjoy it's going to be a day. good one. You too, yes. buddy. Going to be a good one. Let's uh, let you guys have a good morning whenever you're listening to this, and uh, hopefully you catch it before the game and can can get some insights from it, maybe place a few bets. I'll always say the two things I say on the way out the door. <laughs> Rate and review Brad and I's podcast if you can. Always helps people find those podcasts when they search Cleveland Browns. And then uh, lastly, join the OBR where you can get $1 um, for your first month to see if it's worth your time and energy and money, and I think you'll find that it is. So make sure to take advantage of that. Check in with us for the post-game show, which will be at 7 30 
we will do a Sunday rewind. So join us in the evening for that after the game. That's the first time you hear from us. And then we'll have our reaction shows as we normally do for your Monday consumption as well. So thanks, guys, for being here. We appreciate you. Have a great Sunday. Fingers crossed here. Go Browns.